more than a month, so it was no wonder that Rhoda had felt excited as she'd got ready. At Waterloo, Natalie climbed aboard the train, her mind leaping ahead as she imagined all she had to tell her parents and Etty when she got home. Already the corridor was in near darkness, and the blinds of each compartment were pulled down as soon as the shaded blue lights had come on. All that was normal, part of the life everyone had become conditioned to. Sliding a door open far enough to check if there was a spare seat, she saw there were already four people sitting on either side of the compartment, so she started to close it before trying further along the corridor. We can make room. We'll squeeze you in, won't we, chaps? The invitation came from a jolly-looking sailor. Not half we won't, came a laughing rejoinder from his mate. You come next to me, miss. I'll squeeze you in right enough. The compartment was hazy with cigarette smoke, the occupants representing all three armed forces barely visible in the dim blue light. Thanks. If you really don't mind making room, I expect it's just as full if I try further along. The sight of her was a delight to all eight occupants. The sailors just docked and home on shore leave, those from a home station in the Air Force on a 72-hour pass, and the soldier who said nothing but moved as closely as he could to the end of the seat to make space for one extra. At the start of their journey they had all been strangers, but, all of them servicemen, there was a bond between them. By the time she joined them the barriers were already down. Here was an atmosphere of camaraderie and goodwill. Siggy. Someone held his packet of gold flake cigarettes towards her. Are you sure you're all right for them? Natalie replied. I managed to get some earlier, so we'll use mine next time. She was enjoying herself. There could have been no better company. It carried her straight back to the previous evening and the clapping and cheering that ended her entertainment at an army base in Yorkshire. As if all that weren't enough to keep her spirits high, there was the other thought. Another half hour and she would be getting off the train at Brackleford. Then, home! She had been travelling the country for more than a month and could imagine the excitement there would be, but she made an effort to join in with the laughing chatter of her new friends. When they asked her how far she'd been travelling, she told them not only where she'd been this time, but also over the last few weeks, as she'd moved around, sometimes entertaining at factories during the workers' midday break, sometimes singing at service bases. If they'd thought she was something special when she'd opened the compartment door, her story raised her pedestal to even greater heights. As good as her word, she passed her packet of Craven A around, and the smoky fog in the compartment got thicker, the hoots of laughter louder. They were young, and for a few days they were free men. Like a gift from the gods, they had the company of a gorgeously pretty companion. There were plenty of attractive girls about, friendly ones too, but even more than the aura that came from her being a professional entertainer, there was something about Natalie that made them want to treat her well. As a child she had been blonde, but now at twenty her hair was what she considered nondescript, and her doting father called Honeytop. It was worn in a popular page-boy bob. Her eyes were dark blue and made unforgettable by their fringe of long, dark lashes. Her mouth looked as though it wanted to be kissed. The same thought probably occurred to all her companions. And her teeth were even and very white. 
and there wasn't one amongst her companions who hadn't noticed her slim figure, the lovely curve of her bust, and her slender legs and trim feet in their high-heeled shoes. It was a pity for them that her journey wasn't longer, for it seemed no time before the train was slowing down as it approached Brackleford. As she stood up, so too did the soldier who, until then, had remained silent. "'Let me get out first, then you can pass me your case,' he said, and was rewarded by the smile that won her admirers at every turn. "'Is anyone meeting you?' "'My father's sure to be here,' she answered, peering along the dark platform. It was the moment Alec had been waiting for. He honestly made an effort not to put her above everyone else, but in his heart there was no denying that between Natalie and himself was a bond that needed no words. Rhoda was forgotten as he hurried forward. Then Natalie's arms were around him.